my dear subscribers, I cannot believe that as I talk to you right now, I am recording the very last episode of this beloved year, 2022. I'm in shock. I just can't believe it. And I'm not one of those people who says, oh, this year went by so fast because I really think to myself like, well, every year has the same amount of days. How could it actually go very fast or feel like go very fast if I'm trying to be present? I am just in awe of everything that this year has presented in my life. And I bet some of you are thinking the same thing of this year was very shocking. This year was not what I expected or this year went above and beyond my expectations, whatever it may be. Before we jump into what this year taught me as a person, and I'm so excited to share that with all of you. Before we jump into that, we're going to get into some book reviews because maybe some of you listened to the episode that I recorded back in the summer. It's called How to Become a Regular Reader and the first half of 2022 book reviews. Now, I recorded that episode in June and I rated each book that I had read so far um, a scale of one to five and if I would recommend it. And in June, I was at book number eight and my goal was 12 books for the year. So I'm very happy to tell you that I have completed that goal <laughs> as of last week. I reached that New Year's resolution. And so that means I had four books left. I need to tell you about those four books. All right, let me get out my paper. I have the last four written down. So I rated them one through five. Five is the highest. Yes, great book, absolutely must read. And then one was the lowest, like I would never read this again and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Okay. Book number nine that I read was Hind's Feet in High Places. I would give that book a solid four. And I'll link all these books in the show notes so you're able to snag them and read them for this next year if you want. Hind's Feet in High Places is an allegorical story. And I think that's why I gave it a four instead of a five is that that's just not my type of book. But it was really encouraging. And it's about it's basically about a person's journey of following Jesus. To put it nicely. <laughs> okay, number 10. You have to read this book because I rated it a five. Okay, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. This is probably a book that you've heard of, but haven't gotten around to reading because you're just so busy. See, busy is the key word there. If you read this book, you will never be busy in an overwhelming way ever again. It is life-changing. You have to read it. It's about slowing down your life and enjoying it. Seriously, it'll change everything for you. Okay, the last two of the year, I was like, I want to read short books so I can meet this goal of mine <laughs> to read 12 books. So my 11th book was called Prayer, Volume 1. Now that title really doesn't give you any description, but it was basically a poetry book. And it's by, I don't know how to say his first name, Strahan. Is that it? Strahan? Okay, I'm going to link in the show notes. It won't even matter if I can say it right. He's a musician, but then he started writing poetry, and these are poems slash prayers, okay? And I read them, and I was deeply impacted by that book. It was just beautiful, and they are prayers that made me reflect on God's goodness throughout the, the uh, beginning of this year. So the last but not least, I read The Crooked Christmas Tree, and I read that on purpose because, you know, Christmas season, and Christmas season went so well. I would give that book a solid two. So that's my list. 
all my book reviews. And if you want to add any of those to your reading list for 2023, go ahead and do it. I highly recommend it because that having that number of 12 I wanted to reach really motivated me to have um, reading be a regular part of my days and everything. And this next year in 2023, I have chosen to up that number of 12 to 18. I'm going to read 18 books next year. And um, I wasn't confident enough to up it to 24 and double it. But 18 seems like a solid number. And I'll update you and see how it goes. But this year, let's talk about it. 2022. This was one of the most impactful years of my life, for real. And I learned lessons that will stick with me from here on out. Like, I cannot forget or try to erase any of the lessons that I learned this year because the Lord taught me so much. And so I wanted to share those things with you, dear subscribers. And I probably will make a full episode about it in the new year. I'm not planning on doing it anytime soon, but I really... I mean, this year taught me so many things that it's solidified and it's probably something that will be shared as a full episode on the podcast in the new year, but not anytime soon. So you guys get, I suppose, a sneak peek, the raw unedited version. Let's start in January. Okay. A year ago, I set New Year's resolutions like I do every single year. I am the type of person that I love setting New Year's resolutions. And the sad thing is I meet so many people nowadays. <laughs> I feel like every year I meet more and more people who hate New Year's resolutions, but I really love them. I love goal setting. I love working towards those goals and hitting them and then learning when I fail at them. But I set those New Year's resolutions, felt pretty good about them. And then two impactful things happened to me in January of 2022. I heard the song called First Love by Carrie Job. I will link everything that I mentioned in this episode in the show notes because that's a beautiful song. It's impactful to me. It'll probably be impactful to you. And the other thing was that I watched the movie The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I highly recommend that movie. It is pretty sad, just to warn you. But those two things, that song and, the, and that movie, impacted me a lot. They have the same theme of... Jesus being your first love. And then in that movie of Tammy Faye, it was a story of her drifting away from that and then being redeemed through it. So it was beautiful and it impacted me a lot in that moment because I was struggling at the time with a lot of questions going on in my head like, am I supposed to be here? Should I be doing something different with my life? And I was struggling with a lot of discontentment with so many different areas like where this podcast was at at the time. I felt like I should have more listeners. I should be making more money. I should be um, hitting more numbers or not feeling so insecure about it. I was discontent with where I worked at the time, the money that was coming in. And when people asked me what I was doing at that time, which is the inevitable question of someone that you haven't seen in a while. So where do you work now? So what are you doing? What have you been spending your time on? I was actually embarrassed to tell them what I was doing because I didn't feel like it was enough for some reason. And I kept looking forward to some future in my own mind that I couldn't really piece together what it was or what it looked like, but it was just better than where I was at, I felt. But I felt like the Lord asked me to change my New Year's resolutions. And he kept redirecting my eyes to where I was right at that moment. Nothing about the future 
I felt like he was just telling me to be where my feet were in the present, which was so confusing because I love setting goals and I love being future oriented. And I was confused of why he was asking me that, but then it made more sense. I realized, okay, if I have to let go of these New Year's resolutions, then there must be a reason why. I look over my New Year's resolutions and I realized that I had just written down things that I thought seemed successful. But in the end, as I reviewed those, I didn't even truly want them. And some of them didn't even make sense. Some of them were just like, hit this number, do this thing. And I was like, for what? For the experience? What's adding another zero on the end of this paycheck? What's, you know, these are all based on numbers and I don't have control over most of them. And my life isn't about numbers. Why did I even write this down? So I felt a lot of peace as I decided to surrender those New Year's resolutions to the Lord. And he just kept redirecting my eyes to be present and to steward what I had at that very moment. So it wasn't like, you know, let go of all your dreams for the future. It was more like where you are right now is valuable and you're not less than. And I was reevaluating my definition of success. So the spring goes on, summer comes, and then I've taken a new position in student care services. So at that time in the summer, I'm planning for the new year. I was leading appointments. I felt a lot more content by that time and just was looking at each day like I'm very thankful this day. This day has come, that God has given me this day, that he's placed good people in my life. Just being thankful for the things I had, not setting my eyes on things that I wanted in the future but couldn't quite get. So I felt a lot more at peace. So in my position in student care services, I lead prayer. Wait, I almost said prayer ministry. Oh, geez. Oh, that was the old name. Okay, new name personal ministry appointments. So students can come in and they can sign up for an appointment and we can pray through whatever they want to. We talk about whatever it may be from grief to addictions to getting closer to the Lord to lies we've believed, anything like that. So on just one regular day, it was June 22nd, 2022. (laughs) June 22nd, it was a dark and dreary day. No. Okay. I was in a student's appointment on that day as I was a lot of days, nothing out of the ordinary. We were about halfway through that appointment. There are two facilitators in every appointment and one student. So my supervisor, she was leading this appointment. I was assisting her. And she says in the middle, okay, let's take a bathroom break. So um, me and Christine, my supervisor, we go to the bathroom and I come out of the stall And then we go back into the hallway and I see Christine talking with this older woman in the hallway that she apparently knows, but I've never seen them before. And she introduces me. She says, this is Diane. This is an old friend of mine. So I was like, nice to meet you. And I go back into the appointment room. And then Christine comes in later and she comes in with Diane. And Diane is such a sweet lady. Christine says, okay, Diane, I just asked her to pray for us because um, Diane's, you know, she has a prophetic gifting and she loves what we do here for personal ministry appointments. So I just asked her to come in and pray over each of us. So now this fourth person is in this appointment. This does not normally happen. This is out of the ordinary. (laughs) And Diane prays over the student and she says prophetically things over them. 
and then she says things and prays over Christine, and then she prays over me. And she said several things in her prayer over me that rang true, that resonated with me, that was like, okay, yeah, that really lines up with scripture, and that is what the Lord's been teaching me. So she said things like that, and then one thing she said really stood out to me. And she said, Jenny, God has great plans for you, not grand ones. And she said, grand is like exciting all the time, flashy, big, you know, but great is just good and solid and true. And those are the types of plans that he has for you. And that was the one thing that just really struck me. First of all, it was very accurate with what the Lord was already teaching me of like, yeah, I need to be great in the kingdom, not grand and live for these, you know, mountaintop moments in my life, but I need to be content in my everyday where God is, you know, he's helping me. He's with me. He's made his home in my heart, you know, every day. So I was already on board with that. I was like, wow, what a cool thing that Diane spoke over me. And so that happened in June, June 22nd. Then for two weeks in July, my husband and I went on a vision trip to Kenya So the point of this vision trip was to explore the possibility of being called overseas long term. I had felt that calling when I was a lot younger, and then I did several overseas missions experiences, one for a year, many for a shorter amount of time, six weeks a week. And so I did feel at one point this leading to be a part of overseas missions, but I didn't feel it that much anymore. So this trip was kind of us exploring, is the Lord calling us overseas or not? And as we went on this trip, I was fully open to saying yes to the Lord. You know, I was kind of thinking, you know, it doesn't really matter if I feel called at this moment. If God says it's time for us to go overseas, then I give him my yes already. And I kept having to remind myself while we were in Kenya, because we went to the desert and then the coast. We, <laughs> I kept having to remind myself we were in the same country because there are so many different terrains all in one area. So we went on this trip seeing all the ministries that are currently going on with this organization there. It was a beautiful two weeks. The ministries that are going on are phenomenal and inspiring. It's good work that's being done there. It's producing good fruit. And it was so wonderful to see happy global workers, like not bitter workers who don't really seem like they like the work they're doing, but people who are called by God and that really, truly enjoy the hard work they're doing. So what a great trip, to say the least. So at the same time, you know, Joseph and I are praying okay, Lord, is this what you have for us? Are you calling us overseas or are we called to play some different part in the church body? And one of our very last mornings while we were there, we're on the coast, right? I wake up and all morning, I can't get this phrase out of my head. I just keep thinking about what Diane said over me. It's stuck in my head like a really good song that I just can't get out. It's saying, you know, God has great plans for me, not grand ones. So this morning, I'm just, you know, going all over the house, like praying and seeking the Lord. He, I cannot get that phrase out of my head. And so I took that to God and I said, you know, overseas missions feels very grand to me. It's not what I'm gifted in. 
It doesn't fill my thoughts. It doesn't overflow from my heart. It feels like some huge thing that I'm not really passionate about, but I'm willing to say yes if you want me to say yes. But I will say that working with college students and youth does feel great to me. It feels good and solid and true. Podcasting feels great to me. Teaching feels great to me. They're just good, solid, true things that I feel gifted in and led to and drawn to. So that morning was just kind of solidifying of like, okay, I don't think this is it. Overseas missions, I don't know if that's where God's leading us. So we came back from Kenya. I discussed it and processed it with the Lord and then with this wonderful lady at my church. And she, you know, just talked it over with me. I said, you know, it feels really weird. Like, I feel like I've been released from that wondering of if I'm called overseas or not. And I had so much deep peace that I was not called overseas, like so much peace that I couldn't actually remember the last time I felt so sure, so calm and so happy. (laughs) Um, And that lady at my church just told me like, you know, it sounds like you're just going to play a different part in the body than you thought you would. And that's a beautiful thing. So Diane's words really rang true. (laughs) And I kept that in my heart of like, I you know, beyond overseas missions, I want to do in this life what is great in God's kingdom, not what is grand and by the earthly, worldly standard. Do you know what I'm saying? And just by what we as humans define as success, God was teaching me even beyond that trip, you know, it's not about success in numbers. It's not about success in what looks to be the most difficult thing to do, what looks to be the most successful thing to do. God's kingdom has completely different standards than what we as humans think is successful or enough. So he kept drawing me back to this question of, are you being faithful? Such a beautiful question. It's not, you know, he does not want us to be the best. He asks us to give our best with what we have. So he does not ask me to be the best podcaster in the world. He does not ask me to be the best teacher in the world, the best wife in the world. (laughs) He does not ask me to be the best follower of him in the world. It's not something I can compare. He just asks me to give my best with what I have. So beautiful. Faithfulness is incomparable. Success, we can compare what success is. You know, I can compare what I have to someone else or the job I've done to someone else's job, but faithfulness is different because Each person is assigned to be faithful to something different. You know, I don't need to be the best wife in the world. I need to be the best wife to Joseph because the Lord has entrusted me with this marriage. Do you know what I'm saying? So this might sound cynical. (laughs) This might sound cynical, but, you know, give me your listening ear. If someone tells me that they feel like God is calling them to blank, you know, insert something there that sounds very dangerous or very big or very grand, if you will, like being a missionary to Iraq or starting an anti-trafficking organization. So if someone says they feel like God's calling them to one of those things, but they are 
being unfaithful with what they have, like they're failing all their homework. They're gossiping about their friends. They're complaining about their husband all the time. They aren't even plugged into the local church right where they're at. Something like that. I get very suspicious about that calling of theirs because it may sound like they just pick something to make themselves be viewed as noble or honorable or better than other people, to put it bluntly. They want to be the best in the future, but they won't give their own best in the present. So people may be saying about those that are unfaithful what they have now, but feel as if they're called to something grand in the future. People may say of them, oh, wow, this person is really laying it all on the line for Jesus because they said they're called to serve in North Korea. Well, if they're not being faithful in the little that they have now, how will they be even remotely able to handle when they have a lot on their plate? God doesn't select talented people. He selects trustworthy people. And that should be a huge relief to all of us. <laughs> I just want to tell you that I recently wept like a baby <laughs> because I had a conversation with someone recently. And they told me that they cry every single time they hear the song, The Little Drummer Boy. Now, we all know that song because it's a classic Christmas song. Whether you are a believer or not, you probably have heard of the little little drummer boy. So I was like, are you serious that you cry every single time? And they were like, yeah, to have you listen to the lyrics. And I just thought, well, maybe, I mean, I've heard the song over and over, but I don't necessarily know what the lyrics say. All I know is the rum-pa-pum-pa-pum, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Rum-pa-pum-pum. Just that part. That's what I know. They were like, you should listen to the lyrics because it's incredible. So I pulled up the lyrics and listened to the song. And that's when I wept. I just wept and uh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, holy moment because I'm going to read the lyrics to you. And I'm not going to say the rup-a-pum-pum part because we already, you know, you guys already know it's in there. This is what the Little Drummer Boy song says. Come, they told me, a newborn king to see. Our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king, so to honor him when we come. Little baby, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring that's fit for to give our king. Shall I play for you? Mary nodded. The ox and lamb kept time. Okay, I just want to say that line, the ox and lamb kept time. That's adorable. <laughs> Can you picture a little ox and a lamb like patting their little hooves to keep time with the beating of the drum? That's adorable. Okay, continuing. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. And then he smiled at me, me and my drum. Come, they told me, a newborn king to see, me and my drum. It's so beautiful. (laughs) He just gave his best. There's a little drummer boy who comes to see the newborn baby Jesus. And Jesus is the king of the universe, yet he was born in a, a cave with animals and a feeding trough the most humble coming into the world you could ever imagine and this little boy says you know what I have no gift to give someone as worthy as Jesus so he just gave him what was in his hands which was his drum and he asked shall I play for you and then baby Jesus smiled at him he played his best for him And that's all that Christ asks us to do, to just give him our best, 
with whatever we have. You don't need to be talented. You just need to be trustworthy. This is why a few of the solo episodes I've created this year are along the same lines because it's what I've been learning. So season three, episode four is called Redefining Success, How to Be Content in Life, Live by Kingdom Values, and Avoid Comparison. And season three, episode 19 says, well, the title is called, Will You Be Eternally Rewarded or Suffer Loss? How to Steward Your Life Well. Because This year has taught me that I am done measuring success based on what the world's or even the church's standards are because it's exhausting. (laughs) You never feel like it's enough even when you do reach your goals. I now measure success based on what Jesus said it is, which is a collection of things. Micah 6.8, I think, sums up what it is pretty well. It says, you know what is good, O man. You know what is required of you to do justice, to love kindness, and other versions say to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. That's all that's required of us. It's not those three things on top of everything else Jesus has already said. It's just these three simple things because they sum up everything that the Lord is. It's love. That's all he commands us to do. You know, love faithfulness or love kindness Walk humbly with your God and do justice. That covers everything. So I have to currently and all the time keep my heart in check with this podcast because it is a business at the same exact time. It's a ministry and a business and a lot of people know how to balance that a lot better than I do and how to operate out of that a lot better and I'm learning how to do that. I have to check my heart constantly, (laughs) constantly because I think to myself, you know, I get ahead of myself. I think, wow, what a beautiful ministry I've been entrusted with. And I can make these episodes and record with guests and solo episodes to impact people and to reach out to others and to encourage the church. What a beautiful calling. On the other hand, I also, you know, want to reach goals and want to grow it, want to make more money with it. And sometimes when I get too caught up in that mindset, I feel so defeated inside. I feel like I've failed if I don't reach this number or, you know, if this sponsor doesn't reach back out to me, like, what does that mean about me? Did I fail at something? But that has never been what the Lord has been saying over me. I cannot fail at something I don't have control over. (laughs) And success means doing the best with what I have. Just giving my best. That's all it is. It's nothing special. I don't think I'm extremely talented in the podcasting world. I just think that I'm learning a lot. (laughs) I'm getting better a lot and growing a lot, so that's good. But all I'm really expected to do is to give the Lord my best as I operate this. So there are three things I just want to leave with you that you can carry into 2023, because I know I will be carrying them into 2023. One is something I've already said. Success is comparable, but faithfulness is incomparable. We are all called to be faithful to different things in our life. So do not fall into the trap of comparing your own success. You're just called to be faithful, not necessarily successful. Because if you are faithful in this life, you will be successful in the next life. That's just how it works. And success, it looks completely different in the kingdom of God than it does 
in the kingdom of this world. Number two is don't live for grand moments. Just instead live a great life. Great is just good and solid and true. It's great in the Lord's eyes, not in what people think of you. Don't live for the grand moments because otherwise you will never enjoy your life. Just enjoy the garden, if you will. I like the garden metaphors. Enjoy the garden that's been placed in your court. Not looking over the fence at someone else's or, you know, waiting all season for this one squash to grow. And then when you eat that squash, you're like, oh, that's over (laughs) because success is so fleeting. And then last but not least, just give God your best. You do not have to be the best. So that's basically all I wanted to share with all of you subscribers. This is the last episode of this year. I can't believe it. But all the things that I mentioned, the movies, the books, the songs, I will all link it in the show notes. And I just want to thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart for subscribing because you guys deeply support me and um, it just means the world to me. So happy 2022. Farewell. Cheers. <laughs> and I wish you a very happy new year in 2023. See you next time.